so there was this lost episode of Dexter's Lab. Okay. Uh, made as a joke sometime during the show's production. Is this back when the parents didn't have heads? I thought that was cow and chicken. Oh god, my sense of time is collapsing in on itself. It was it was all within the same five year span, so you're not too far off. For for years, this episode went unreleased, existing as an urban legend among the animation fan community. Everyone was pretty sure that it existed. After years, Adult Swim finally got its hands on the tape. The episode's name was Dexter's Rude Removal. Dexter's Rude Removal, and this is our local Bigfoot. This was the episode where Dexter said fuck. <laughs> this yeah that's that's it onyx show. equinox feels like an entire series of such episodes every cuss every bit of bloodshed all of the horrific peril and abuse that the main character goes through scans more like r-rated gags that they put on a tv y7 show that aired on like kids wb in 1998 to be included on the dvd years later it's fucking hilarious because i think in their heart of hearts what they imagined this was was a teen show like strictly like tv 14 right but they just assume that means the average of the content so they put together like a fucking thundercats ensemble and then every 15 minutes someone just gets beheaded or shouts cunts <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's that, not how it works and that is onyx equinox right there just a when i was going into it i didn't think it was going to be a hate watch but by the middle of the second episode that is what i had realized that this was hate watch is almost the wrong term for the sort of level or non-level i engage this, this thing on autopsy autopsy maybe like one of those true crime documentaries because I wasn't mad at the things that are bad about Onyx Equinox. Like when oh, I God, hate no, watch something, no. like there's a little bit of a yelling at the screen kind of effect. There was there was no stakes here, right? There was there was no stakes for me. I didn't care one way or another whether this was good or bad. If this was good, then it would have been a nice surprise. Uh, since Onyx, it is not. Onyx Equinox is less like a, a hate watch. It more, I don't know, man. Have you ever watched two stupid kids in your school fight? <laughs> like, have you ever just watched the dumb kids throw down? You ever had your, like, local smackdown at recess? I... It's just... <laughs> this show feels so deeply silly. And it's probably not good that I spent the episodes we watched in fits of laughter. I smiled so much. It is a dark time in american history in new york history it's probably a bad time on my block and i just have this ronald mcdonald grin <laughs> as i watch these first six episodes of onyx equinox and i wonder i was gonna say where the adults are in the room but i guess i just wonder where the rest of the show's budget went like i know it's low budget but i even still think there is some embezzlement of a foot oh man oh man it's no i was going to say budget <laughs> I was going to say the so-called budget, <laughs> the, so-called budget. the <laughs> alleged budget, the rumors of a budget. I would say that the idea <laughs> of a budget. Like the popular conspiracy theory, or I don't know, news stories. I don't check U Ball that closely, but was that U Ball movies were mostly a tax scam on some kind of obscure German tax code? But Onyx Equinox, I don't know, man. I would say that money changed hands. But it's more like money stayed in one pair of hands. 
And never got to the animators. And never got to the animators. They could fuck off. <laughs> it's like, who do you think you fucking are? <laughs> should I? Should we talk about the premise of Onyx Equinox? Briefly outline oh, it. Fucking Avatar: The Last Airbender, except uh, Mesoamerican mythology. There, there. Okay. Well, it's worth noting. Wait, hold on. Let me just let me just get the specific region that the show came out of, right? So Onyx Equinox, Crunchyroll original, a Crunchyroll original, the first, first Crunchyroll original. And I mean, House of Cards wasn't that great, and it was the first uh, Netflix original. So I'm glad that they are making stupid nonsense more international, because this is in fact a Mexican production. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Onyx Equinox came from. A perhaps semi-intelligent man in Mexico, <laughs> and actually, actually, actually no, I, this is Sophia Alexander. Sophia Alexander. Name, so it's presumably <laughs> female, and uh, so women can make very dumb shit too, <laughs> as it turns out. And Sophia is deeply engaged with Aztec mythology. In it might the be mine. no, wait, wait, which ones? Which one's Quetzalcoatl? It's actually a sort of a fusion thing. It's got deities from the Aztec, Mayan, and Zapotec myths of okay, Wikipedia. Sure. I'm not that good, people. <laughs> I'm just the guy holding the cell phone today. <laughs> but yeah, there's a mythological fusion thing going on here. It's probably the best part about the show that there are just these jerk-ass omnipotent gods that care about three things, blood, blood, and watching the main character suffer. We gotta talk about the main character. We do, we do. We should, we should do that first. Probably. Alright, let's talk about this kid. This this very this very special youth. So, really, really, the beginning and the end of this character is El. The fact he's voiced by an actress who gives him the screechiest fucking voice imaginable. And, and screech he does folks because he is meant to spend 75% of his screen time suffering I think that they maybe read the TV tropes page for guts and how much people like guts and they're like okay so guts just suffers get- a bunch as a kid so if we want someone to be awesome we just gotta give him like the most awful life imaginable it's so funny. There's this bit it's in a... the first or second episode where some old lady hits him in the fucking jaw with a big stick and I bust <laughs> a fucking gut. And how it was animated. Then <laughs> there's the timing. The this... timing on shit. Like a big fucking jaguar spirit shows up and immediately starts calling him a pussy. And it... <laughs> the jaguar only insults him or smacks him or threatens him. It never stops and it makes the jaguar my favorite character. Like, I think out of the good and bad shows we've reviewed in the last, like, six episodes, the Jaguar may actually just be my favorite character. Because <laughs> it just comes into scenes, insults every other character, and leaves. <laughs> and it starts out as, like, a plot device to get them out of, like, combat trouble. And then it stops doing that, and it just insults them and leaves. And I say, I love you. <laughs> I suddenly understand what it is to be a furry because right now I am jaguar sexual. <laughs> so what's important about this plot? Just fantasy setup. 
the gods have a wager. If this kid fucks up, they're gonna eat humanity for fucking lunch. Yes. Uh, they don't really, and and it's basically a Sunday afternoon to them. They they have very little stakes in this. It seems like oh, okay, so humanity, whatever. One of these gods in this wager, and I cannot understate how distracting this is. His voice by Igor Raptor. Raptor. Yeah, Igor Raptor's in this for whatever reason. A.K.A. Aaron, or say Aaron, A.K.A. Igor Raptor, whatever. It depends on where Flash animation was when you were 15. Oh my god, so fucking hot, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's me doing my, uh, my Ego Raptor, my early era Ego Raptor. To make it more contemporary... I don't have the attention span to watch or listen to whatever Game, Game Grumps. Game Grumps, it's... I don't, I don't have it. I'm sorry. I Alternatively, can... you do have an attention span and therefore cannot get through Game Grumps. Sure, that's that's a valid interpretation right there. The point is... In terms of generational thing, I need you to imagine that... Fucking filthy Frank was just in the next show you watched... And he's not using, like, his Joji voice. He's Filthy Frank. <laughs> and that is how distracting having Eagle Raptor playing this god is. <laughs> this show makes me smile so fucking much. I'm so happy we did this. I'm so happy that we found this fucking show. Honest to God, the fucking endorphins. I mean, I... Can I recommend it? I don't know. You're not... I If you are the kind of dumbass clown that i am yeah probably i would say so but i'll make a very specific recommendation of onyx equinox sure onyx equinox is a great show to watch in groups of two to four people it's a fantastic riff tracks kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah i would not watch onyx equinox alone because there's like a whole world i want to talk about the protagonist a little bit sure let's let's talk about this uh this strapping young lad. I'm just gonna come out and fucking say it and risk just reviewing this in bad faith. I don't care about Izzel. That's his <laughs> name. And I like watching the shrill little shit be in pain. I you, swear I'm not a sociopath. Izzel has this thing. I'm gonna just dig into my old TV shows vocabulary because evidently I should not have gone to grad school. Yeah, you could have gotten it for free. Just, you know, spend... Six months, basically just browsing, just yeah, going on yeah. little wiki walks. So I'm going back to my old uh, TV wiki walks, and uh, one of the more fun ones they had was just the idea of darkness-induced apathy. And apathy was not the specific place I got to. I hit darkness-induced laughter. Like the whole show basically becomes a metalocalypse gag. <laughs> Like, it alternates between him complaining and the reality just cracking like an egg to screw him. Oh, we need to get James and Josh on this show so that we can just riff an episode of uh, Metalocalypse into existence. It's not hard. That That is on the list. It is perhaps the next version of the Coriad, the next distant thing to come in the future. But I want to focus on the Brendan Small of the present. Because, at least in the first half of this show, because that's how much we watched, because... It didn't earn a great deal of capital with us. <laughs> no. But the basic structure of an episode of this show is that our erstwhile protagonist will wake up. Mm -hmm. And then someone will kick sand. They'll aim for his eyes and it will somehow miss and just travel up his urethra. <laughs> and as he's walking blind and genitally stung through the world, he will just hear his dead sister's voice saying... It happened because of you! You know, this, this, 
if if they're fusing together various different Mesoamerican mythology, there's a great fucking chance. There's a fantastic. It's up there in terms of likelihood that he ends up dealing with that fish that flies up your dick. <laughs> If it's going to happen to anyone, it's going to happen to him. That's oh, yeah, the, the kind of character this guy is. The show guest stars the Kandiru. Kandiru, that's what it's called, yeah. And he will say something to the vein of, I think I should kill myself. I'm not making fun of suicide. It's a recurring thing in this show. He just wants to die. He's like fucking Reiner Braun. <laughs> yes. And the panther will come in and say, you, in fact, should kill yourself. But first, you need to bring the ring to Mordor. Okay, so you're 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 talking about Metalocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. I have a slightly different comparison. The show is so downright casual about his suffering, and it happens so fucking often and so always mm-hmm. that it reminds me of nothing more than Futurama or Thirty Rock, <laughs> and how their philosophy was to have a new gag every five or six seconds. If you include Izel's terrified screams i think they account for more than a half of his dialogue like easy yeah yeah in fact i'm gonna hand free minor internet fame to someone if you are adobe premiere inclined voice acting inclined this is perhaps one of the more abridgeable things i have seen oh god yes jesus christ it's begging for it it's begging for it. it is first four episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh begging for it <laughs> it's you don't even need to be particularly clever or comedically inclined. You could just snark over the events. Yeah, the lip the lip flaps alone will be just fucking candy for you. It's it's not very animated. It is not very animated. It is borderline a motion comic at times. And by at times, I mean 50% of the time. By quite a bit of it. Oh, there's a couple scenes where it's real noticeable, where someone will be saying a whole lot more than their, uh, than their mouth is thinking they should be saying. When it comes to the show's look, by the way, mm-hmm. tell me if you agree or disagree, but this is basically drawn visually from, like, that line of sort of 90s, like, 8 to 12 kind of cartoons, right? Yeah, I mean, it, what was I about to, um, yeah, it's, um, I don't know if I'm belaboring my points here, but the fucking Magic Panther sidekick, <laughs> who I talks, love him. who talks, is just the most coming up next on Fox Kids bullshit. Oh, you can see the Jetix logo wiping across. I can't take it seriously. I wish I could. It's just so fucking goofy. So yes, the the art style that they are using is, uh, it's just not the right fucking call. And um, the production team can probably not be blamed for not having enough money. But the art style was just a poor fucking choice given the subject matter. Given how fucking TVMA this whole thing is. The yeah, the are... art style is... Is it that the lines are too thick? That could be... That could be, I don't know. It looks like fucking Evolution, the animated series. And then someone gets their heart torn out and offered to the gods. And the dissonance is fucking hilarious. I'm not... I'm not but really yeah, sure When it comes why... to the art style, I'm, I'm only really... My vocabulary is only really pointing towards the end results. I couldn't really tell you the components of it that... Well, that's that's kind of where I live right there, is the sort of, you know, figuring out... Uh, you're in the target audience of the guy who split off from extra credits after the guy got revealed to be uh, 
sort of a bronze category creep, like not the kind you not, put a promotion over. Not quite over. on the level of sex pest, but like you know, sex like just, just kind of a fucker. Um, <laughs> fuck pest. Fuck pest. Fuck bo- fu- I like fuck pest. <laughs> just kind of a really fucking shitty ex, I guess. There's one. <laughs> I don't know. I think. It's just the art style is so how to draw manga. Yeah, that's it. It it has a very 101 feel to it. And it does not feel like the art style is particularly pointed towards the content, like you were saying. I found the character designs to be mostly uninspired as well. I they're 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 okay, I guess. There's, there's nothing really too amazingly special about how any of these I would call look. the art design bread-flavored bread. Bread-flavored bread. Flavored bread. Nothing about this show tastes like shit, is the thing. That's why it's such a fun, if yeah. not hate watch, yeah. then kind of, um you know, crow-tea robot watch. I, it's very important to point out. Call this a positive or negative, depending on your fucking values. Mm-hmm. Most of the bad stuff we review on Weeaboo Hell is cynical and lazy. And this is more of a janky, ambitious failure of people without the (laughs) mental or economic equipment to make a fantasy epic. They didn't. Just swinging forward and you got this weird fucking thing. They, they, They couldn't make it happen. The whole thing just feels like watching Jock Peterson strike out. Exact. If you were a Dodgers fan, you will get that. Exact. A fucking Mundo. <laughs> <laughs> and it leads to all this borderline inexplicable stuff. We honestly, we are in a media generation where the edges of so many things are completely sanded off. This show is almost kind of a miracle in its janky shittiness. Oh, it's it's such a fucking mess. I love it. <laughs> like, Okay, here's one thing. Just a random particular thing because it's really stupid and completely took me out of the show. Yes. There are two characters in our sort of action. I think they end up being six guys or five people, but... I think we're, we're waiting on the last one. Yeah, consider sex that, whatever. The point is, two of them are athletes. And they play what is historically theorized to be this ancestor of soccer, kind of. Basketball? Or, or basketball. But... There are there's a lot of hips involved in it to the point that I can only describe it as ass ball. It has a name. I, I'm sorry if this, if this is particularly important to you. I'm really sorry that I don't know its name, but I don't. I don't. But because of the way the show chooses to depict it, it is etched into my brain as ass ball. And you have to understand they have a magic ball, so in every action sequence. They are using their best Space Jam ass ball moves. I don't know, man. Stripper Waka is distracting me, I guess. And these two twins are also... Not to get to a Pixar character theory on you, but I'm just wondering why there are two of them. I, they're, they're really... One of them is less obnoxious than the other. The other one is noticeably very obnoxious, in fact. He is... He's the fuck guy. He is the fuck he guy. He is the child who says fuck a lot. <laughs> also, the child says fuck. And it's really fucking funny when he does. Or the main character. 
says fuck in his shrill asta-esque voice it again it fills my heart with light i'm smiling i'm laughing i i'm not even thinking about like guillotines and republican senators right now i'm just like no no when the main character says completely fucking stone-faced fuck you i all is forgiven for last year oh it's fine it's it's hard to contain if i live through all that (laughs) this it's fine it's hard to convey the texture. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, you get something. I need you it. to imagine. I can't do it. They're they're having a fucking teenage boy be voiced by an actress here, and it was just a bad call. It was a really fucking bad casting choice, and it's going to hamstring the fucking series all the way just to its final fucking episode. Yeah. Because clearly they're not going to let his voice change, and they want. The show to have like dramatic beats. There's supposed to be angst, virtual genocides, loss, and his shrillness just undercuts it all so picture perfectly. I fucking love it. I'm so here for this particular. If this was a different show, if this show was not a drama, or if this kid was three or four years younger, it would be a defensible casting choice. But for now, it just it's just so fucking noticeable. Every time he fucking opens his mouth. I was trying to figure out what I really wanted from this program. And there are two things, I there are two places I could take it in my head. Okay, in theory, there's a third one where they like effectively tell a fantasy story with <laughs> implying. But <laughs> I mean, I, I figured out, I figured out the version of this show that's better, but I want to hear yours first. The first thing in my head is basically Onyx Equinox Go. <laughs> Where I just sort of want whining over the most high-key scenes of slaughter that they have. Onyx Equinox Go. What are, what are we referencing here? We're referencing Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go. I just, like, there's a version of this show in my head where we just drop all pretense of dramatic effect. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's one. The other one is basically the 80s film Heavy Metal... <laughs> Where we just take all of the gods monologuing about cool nonsense and people posing in front of fantasy backdrops. And they're, sure, fine, just... It's like Russian cinema. It's just sequence of things meant to convey the same emotion. And I'll just ride with it until yeah, we get right. there. Uh, I'll share it with you my vision for a good version of this show. Okay. Two fucking, two fucking words. Actually... Fuck. Almost, <laughs> it was almost kind of a pun here, but not really... The two words are fewer words. <laughs> fewer words, I've decided. Do some Gendy to it. Uh, if people talked less, I think you could get more immersed in the atmosphere. There'd also be less Izel screeching. And, again, he's like fucking Asta. It's pretty tangible. So if you just have less talking, less people talking, you could probably convey the plot somewhat. Maybe you pare stuff down a little bit. Maybe maybe you don't have this giant fucking Avatar Last Airbender ass cast. And, like, I see what you're fucking doing here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know the game you're playing. This is not my first time around the fucking rodeo. <laughs> I see you have basically written fuck Sokka underneath this guy's character description. He is the Sokka who the says Sokka fuck. The Sokka who says fuck. <laughs> Which, and to be fair... And then there's the Sokka who doesn't say fuck. His twin brother. To be fair, both of these guys, kind of an improvement on Bolin. 
I mean, I'm entertained by them, certainly. Probably not for the reasons that they wanted me to be, but I'm entertained. Mm-hmm. Honestly, with the simple stories they are telling, it doesn't really need an ensemble-ass core cast. Not really, no. I mean, they write reasons for it to be an ensemble core cast, but it doesn't really need to be. You could have, you could have dropped those. It's why it, it feels like it is mentally hooked to the structure of one of those like kids team shows like some fucking i don't know super robot monkey team thing yeah exactly like a uh again like something that did show up on fox kids or kids wb or you know whatever fucking kids animation programming block from when we were kids yeah but even those shows have tricks to maybe justify the cast size like sometimes they'll just focus on two of them at a time in a fucking episode or something they don't have that kind of time this is a fucking 13 episode season you need to get there and it leads to that weird late Cora thing where everyone's always in the same room, but... <sighs> I'm just remembering the fucking single instance of Asami doing something in season three of that show. Oh, man. Oh, man. That one takedown on that one guy so that, I don't know, Kenzen didn't have to stretch early. He didn't have to be tired now. <laughs> <laughs> uh just because um we always take a minute to dump on core i'm just gonna take a brief aside here i thought we were done okay fine we're, we'll be done for I, I thought we were done i would never not do it but i thought we were done i um speed read one of the cora eu comics i guess hear me out sam mm-hmm. did you know it's possible to character assassinate Kuvira. See, I know where you're going with this because out of sheer curiosity, I, I went fucking TV tropes hunting the fucking Korra oh comics. And I know what all of them are and where they go with all of them. And oh God, it's... It's some bad shit. <laughs> it's not great. It's a bad shit. She's just sitting there doing that sort of little orphan Annie thing with her like heel ankle twibble. <laughs> I'm sorry I did a fascism. She's real sorry. And Cora's like, oh. <laughs> hey, we all build re-education camps sometimes. I'm sitting there thinking, this is an early 20th century setting. There's mass death penalty just everywhere. Just Yeah, yeah, people just get hung for <laughs> fucking stealing fruit. I don't know how she made it to The Hague. <laughs> all right. Back to Onyx Equinox, Onyx Equinox. and its so deep I've, narrative. I have something of a longer take now, if you'll indulge me. I'm indulgible. Okay. But you're indulging me. Mm. So, this is not a particularly novel perspective. Um, but mm-hmm. remember the Andy Samberg thing from Saturday Night Live, where he's this annoyingly iconoclastic hipster, and it ends with, I'm an adult! <laughs> uh, yeah. That's this thing's relationship with cussing. Uh, it's beautiful. It comes out of nowhere like a whoopee cushion you just <laughs> sat on. And it, as a reminder that this is TVMA. As if it needs to prove that it's TVMA. And I actually have a lot of thoughts about swearing in media. Because I see it as a very useful tool for verisimilitude in your dialogue. But you mm-hmm. have to be careful where you use it. And even more importantly, where you don't. It is like they dumped paprika into a fucking cake. You gotta be very careful. Like, there's this adage in musical theater where 
characters talk until the emotion grows so intense that they have to sting. And then they sing until the emotion grows so intense that they have to dance. And in non-musical stuff, I think the same is kind of true of cussing. No one screams, darn it, to the heavens. Um, I remember the Netflix Marvel shows sometimes mm-hmm. suffered because they couldn't say fuck. They were very clearly not allowed to say fuck. So uh, they had to settle for shit. And it became noticeable because it was the only expletive <laughs> that anyone used. Uh, you don't want that. You can only assume that Jessica Jones is a coprophiliac. <laughs> but by the same token... <laughs> Jesus. By the same token, uh, I think it's a mistake to have a character cuss when you don't need them to. Especially if you're three episodes in and no one said fuck yet. Fuck! <laughs> that's that's the other thing if you're gonna have people cuss then you lead with it because we are indeed three episodes in when the first character says fuck yeah uh and if you don't lead with it you need to find a more suspicious occasion to have someone finally say fuck like a plane trains and automobiles great example but equinox tries to play it all fucking cool and three episodes in, this guy's like, those fucking kids. <laughs> when some bad shit happens, and it's not a gag. It's just supposed to be dialogue. But no, it is a gag, in fact. it's now, I know that you didn't want it to be a gag, but it's a gag now because I'm laughing. We had to pause the episode because we could not perceive further audio. I think most of the time laughter. when someone says fuck in this show, we had to pause to laugh. It is always spaced out the precise amount of time where I would laugh at it again. And not in the way that Sokka Boy wants me to laugh. Though every now and again you did get the joke that landed. I think that the, the, the first time where they, you know, they, they hold the fucking ball and ask where the fuck to go that was funny and I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, yeah. Then they keep doing it. They keep taking this victory lap with it. It's like, no, no, come on. Come up with another joke. You can that was a pretty good we could, you could do it again I know you could do it again I wonder do you think there was some like variation or wordplay in Spanish or something or could very well be but I guess it didn't translate if that was mm. present here's a game what is the best non laughing at it just best thing about Onyx Equinox for you it's a fucking shit with the gods easy alright so we're in the same territory yeah absolutely yeah. it's so fucking cool I understand why they picked their the cultural tile they did, the aesthetic they did. Yeah, conceptually, this this show has a whole lot going for it. And it really makes the choice of main characters feel like a mistake. Like, why, why are you people here? Why am I having to watch you people do these things? Because they are so far down the card, and not in, like, a early Kratos rage against the heavens kind of way. Well, maybe plot fucking goes there, I don't know, but... They're just the least interesting thing about this setting. Like, I need you to imagine that Ragnarok is happening over here on the right. Mm-hmm. But we spend 80% of a show just watching, I don't know, the two putzes from Assassin's Creed Valhalla run around and sync up with viewpoints. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Onyx Equinox feels like most of the time. It's just when you when your show has a whole bunch of interesting shit in it. Mm-hmm. And then you have it be about the least interesting things about itself. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't fucking do that. I think my favorite bit in this, and we were kind of touching on this, is how the gods, right? Because, you know, the Aztec gods are characters in this. Yeah. Um, 
they have to possess people so that they can powwow. Um, and the host invariably dies really horribly uh, from having a literal god inside of them. But, like, what do the gods care? They're just fucking humans. Fuck them. That I did. Yeah, that is unironically pretty metal. Like, it's the so bodies just cool. decay in real time as they chat. And they don't even give half a shit about who this is happening it, to. They do it as casually as you would open up your phone to send a text message. Yeah. Uh, like, like it's, it's not even something they even fucking consider. And I love that. Every time the fucking gods become involved in this show, it's so great. It, it is definitely this thing's best moment. And, yeah, it kind of makes me question the balance of elements. I suppose it's also just a side effect of the main characters not necessarily having that much depth to them other than the universe opening up every three minutes and vomiting on them. Speaking of vomit. Oh, yes, there is some hilarious tactical vomit. No, I think I already talked about how funny it is that Izel is constantly in pain. But it's okay to remind the people. But they keep fucking doing it. They go, yeah. they make a point every single fucking episode of having Izel be in pain or yelled at or suffering or have the fucking panther hit him really goddamn hard or yell at him or call him a pussy. It's so good. It's like an addiction. And they just can't get their hands on that blue chip for that first 100 days. A weekend, they just relapse, and this kid is crying again. This is minor. This is dumb. Okay. So the minor um, and dumb are my middle names. <laughs> so the, the the backstory for the main character Izel is that his sister um, mm-hmm. took his place as a sacrifice because God's angry sacrifice. Whatever. And, and the um, people were superstitious; they didn't have uh, scientists yet. They underline the uh, need for blood amongst yes. these gods. Her name is Nelly, right? And he's always screaming her name. And perhaps because I was a teenager in 2005, <laughs> uh, I cannot really shake the association with uh, with Nelly as in hot in here, Nelly. That Nelly. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's also just a silly sounding name, too. Like, tell me to feel something about the death of a character named Corky Jones. <laughs> I know that's sillier, but it's the same effect. It just amplifies. Imagine him reaching over that sacrificial pit as she fell. Corky! And just shouting. Corky Jones! And shouting, Two chains! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, probably a better analogy right there. (laughs) Finny! (laughs) What have I done to you, Finny? Your back catalog was better than I thought. We weren't fair to you in your time. (laughs) We weren't fair to him in his time, by the way. Yeah, I'd feel worse about it if he didn't get a pile of money while I was being unfair to him. Sure. It's not like I was shitting on some indie darling somewhere. (laughs) He can cry into his chain. (laughs) And maybe his karma deserves it. The internet's favorite quote is, it's surprising that 50 Cent only got shot nine times. <laughs> this shit with Jerule. <laughs> Artful. I couldn't have done it better myself. I, I don't have the money to do it better myself the way that he I did. I don't have personal enemies that I resent enough 
to do like, i i have like broader maybe geopolitical ones but personal uh, personal no most of the people that i actively hate are just people that i've learned to avoid to avoid or pity in its own sideways way yeah. it's just like do i wish them ill no i wish they'd be not in my life mm-hmm. but i can't so it's hard to for me to imagine having someone that i hate the way that we are describing yeah, yeah, yeah. Our siblings do not get sacrificed that often in this world. Speaking of that sacrifice, mm-hmm. I figured out it's very similar to the cursing thing. But it's more of a visual interaction because, you know, visual medium and again, Metalocalypse. Mm-hmm. Whenever the violence just spikes up from Thundercats to 12 in this show, mm-hmm. it just makes me feel like the show is sponsored by violence. <laughs> like, as often as you get a commercial break... We'd like to remind you of our sponsor, the dry sound of a neck snapping. And you know what it reminds me of is when you're like nine years old, right? Mm-hmm. You're a nine-year-old boy and you just, if not just discovered violence, then just really discovered that you like violence in stuff. Hi, kids. And you're, and you're drawing, and you're drawing fucking pictures of yourself, really terrible pictures of yourself with guns and shit <laughs> shooting, and like little, little bullets or little lines, and like you're shooting, you know, whoever or whatever. And there's all sorts of like blood drawn yeah. in marker, like it, it feels like that, except they have somewhat of a budget to animate it. Like there's this big air quotes animate. Yeah, animate. I, we already swooshed that dunk. Mm. Is that an expression? No. Okay. Do, 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 you, do you want it to be? I know, we could force it. Uh, <laughs> streets ahead. Streets ahead. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> so the... <laughs> there's this scene four or five episodes in where a couple of um, monstrous apes decide to start killing one another. And that 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 that's where it, that's where it really fucking came either apart or together, depending on your perspective. For me, is one of them oh, holds man. another above his head and rips him in fucking half, and I was fucking, I was on the fucking ground. It's great because in the story outline of this episode, there is some kind of clever parallel to the groups infighting throughout this episode. Oh, I didn't catch that. turning on each other. I didn't it's okay. Catch that. It was stupid. <laughs> it was very stupid, yeah. <laughs> but again, it just feels like fucking Metal Aqua. It's like, it's time for violence now. And these monkeys turn on each other and fucking rip each other's fucking eyes out and i'm just clapping they're like yes yes i can make technical death metal to this i agree violence father (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm such a happier person oh i might watch all this it's not impossible this this was like this is the same feeling that i got discovering uh domestic nakanajo yeah, yeah. It's 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 sl- somewhat different, just because I mean, it's, just it's a, a different very different genre show. Space. Yeah, yeah, but but like I'm here for it. It's just a program doing the most. Although I'm pretty sure that I liked Domestic Nakano Joe 
for exactly the reasons that they wanted me to. Like, well, I mean, in the Death of Kanajo, the guy set out to kind of do the most for that thing's entire run. Absolutely. Do you I remember mean, Crack Chen? I think I might have. So here's what happened. I got current on the manga mm-hmm. um, way before Crack Chan was introduced. And I was like, well, I'm current on the manga. I might as well wait. Uh, and enough. then I waited. And I waited so long that they made an anime. Crack Chan is still my favorite. Because it's it's the same shit he does. Interpersonal social work for all the other girls. But she's a drug addict being chased by the mob. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck are you doing? It's dude? a soap opera. It's a soap opera. Of course, she's a drug addict being chased by the mob. It's so special. It's so special. Oh man. Oh, speaking of soap operas, I remember years ago going through a list of fictional serial killers. Eighty percent of them are from soap operas. It's soap just, operas are fucking full of serial killers. I wonder if there's just another world where I was just into those instead of pro wrestling. I bet they're pretty similar, just in terms of the stories that they tell, how they tell them. Yeah, I would just the effect of the Eternal Show. They're basically live television. <laughs> yeah, we don't do reshoots here. It's Chinatown Jack. I, I actually have about the same level of respect for soap opera actors that I do for uh, pro wrestlers because, you know, like, they're on every fucking day. That is a unique hustle. <laughs> and, you know, you don't need to know how to do a moonsault in order to put on a soap opera, but you do have to Crime learn your cube. lines, be good at your lines, fucking deliver your lines, and then come back tomorrow to do it again yep yep and every day before you go for a camera you have to put your sense of irony into an elbow lock and say no no straight no, we face can't. 100 we can't, we can't. We, if we go there we're never coming back <laughs> you cannot go to the will ferrell zone it's not allowed i won't let you i still haven't seen that movie here was a good time Oh, like Casa de Mi Padre? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. All right, let's that was I'll the uh, That was the movie that introduced me to Diego Luna. I love that dude. I have such a crush on that dude. He was in fucking uh, Rogue One. Oh, okay. That, that was yeah. a, he was Cassie and Andor. No, he's, nice. he's, he's, he's nice. awesome. I fucking love Diego Luna. I will um, tap into that show. Now, since we're straying a bit here, mm-hmm. and we considered talking about this episode, I would just like to talk about our Lord and Savior, Aaron Yeager, for a moment. And say that Mappa has done very well by him. Oh yeah, Mappa, good on you, Mappa. Yeah. We were, everyone was really fucking bummed that Wit would not come back, but you picked up that fucking football and you were fucking charging towards that uh, end zone. I watch sports. We, we we are we are sportsmen. I'm interested because they have sort of a, they have a strong action repertoire so far. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were on... the clear choice, honestly. Yeah, yeah. As it's become apparent throughout this last year. I'm interested in what their take on the 3D Maneuver Gear kind of combat's going to be. Well, we're going to see, aren't we? We are going to see, we are going to see. We're going to see the day after this episode drops. Oh yeah, this episode is late, I was too busy, uh... I was too busy moving forward. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if there's anything to talk about Attack on Titan-wise that we have not 
that is ground that we have not covered again and again. I think if there's one thing that I really fucking adored about the last episode, uh, episode five, you know, mm-hmm. covering, I think, chapter 100 of the manga. Oh, um, just so I don't get any stupid messages, we are in the spoilers. zone. Oh, yeah, this is, this is totally the spoilers zone. We also spoilered a whole bunch of shit from uh, Onyx Equinox, but I just... <laughs> Do not expect that that show has stands at all, and I, if, <laughs> if it does, I don't think I'm afraid of them. There is a community of Onyx Equinox fans on 4chan because it is an action cartoon that's new and exists, and they're fucking starved. I get it. I get it. They are like starving dogs. It's not 2011 anymore, or it, 2009. 2011 was when all of them died. Yeah, I remember that was a that was a bad year. No, I thought that it was a bad year because a whole bunch <laughs> of action adventure cartoons died. That was Boy. what I called a bad year in 2011. How the how the tables turned? Spoiled piece of shit. <laughs> I didn't know what suffering was. Yo, let's go back, find that kid, and beat the piss out of him. <laughs> what a fuck! I'll kick his fucking teeth in. There was a thing that Attack on Titan did in the uh, fifth episode of this final season that I loved that I cannot remember seeing in the uh, in the chapter that was adapting, or at least not seeing as much. Uh, there's this great bit where the animation on Reiner as he's talking to Eren is so fucking good as the man starts to have a legitimate, really well-portrayed panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> At... The reality that he is now facing, that so many people are about to now fucking die. I can almost hear the the fucking chorus to My Fault by Eminem playing. And it's my fault, my fault. Uh, oh, another fun revelation is that the Attack on Titan theme, you know, the one that we all know, like, oh, is actually a piece of in-universe music. Oh, yeah, the diegetic appearance of that one. That was, was great. That's a... That was a cute touch. That was a cute touch. It's honestly nice seeing a long runner this influential be this good in the home stretch. It just feels so good to have put my chips on this show and have had it paid off so hard. Because I think of the just legacy of things that are far shorter, far less at stake that disappointing the fuck out of me. Which is to say that every year I must say something bad about Darling and the Franics. <laughs> In order to appease the gods. There are so many opportunities that this show had to fuck the fuck up. Mm. And it just never fucking did. And I feel so goddamn grateful. Because the further we get into this, the more people I'm hearing saying, Oh, this is a masterpiece. This yeah. this might be one of the oh, best th- things of our generation. I remember when people were bitching about yeah, switching why over. Why just keep introducing characters to kill them way after that but that was also dumb as fuck oh that was super that was, dumb yeah that was dumb as fuck that was dumber than the thing we're gonna talk about actually oh what was the thing that you were gonna talk about i just remember people were having this crisis of confidence when they start when they just jumped focus to marley initially during the whole time skip business yeah fuck them for doing that when that whole thing started i was like i just felt was just my faith in the whole thing being rewarded because it was making like brave, interesting moves. Like yeah, it was doing it meaning was, exactly. It was not that it was doing the thing that you'd least expect, but it was doing the most with what it had promised you. 
Yeah, and it kind of made me think about how often in anime, especially in the action corner, you kind of have latitude to be a coke addict in the comedy romantic spheres. But how often in anime you sort of get these same parts in different combinations. Mm-hmm. And I guess I am grateful to Attack on Titan, by and large, not doing that unless you are a uh, deep student of the mecha genre, in which case it's still just fucking excellent. And <laughs> It was fucking strange, being a deep student of the mecha genre, getting into Attack on Titan, and then three years later do I realize... Oh, this is a mecha show. I remember reading that thing and just thinking, wow, so you just do not like mechanical designers. <laughs> he likes MMA. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's just, he just wrote it. It's, it's, it's a mecha show by a dude who likes MMA better than Gundam. Fine. Right. It worked It worked out. It worked out. Bork is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear like a fucking uh, minor key... A minor key version of I th- I think the the name of the song is Enforcer, just the Bork theme. <laughs> dun, yeah. dun, 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 there are like two dun, versions of dun, it. Dun. The, the I, one we hear now is called the Next Big Thing. The Next Big Thing, okay. Enforcer was the original one. They both have the same intro though. <laughs> it's something else. <laughs> you know, with the Attack Titan being drawn sort of like Ibushi. It's kind of funny that Aaron pretty much got a belt before Ibushi did. <laughs> he got several belts, in fact. He had two to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 3D maneuver gear was a really mean thing to do to cosplayers, by the way, Isayama. You ever just see these people wiggling around, lugging this shit all day? Cons are crowded, and they've got these giant fucking things hanging off their waists. Like, they think it's going to be convenient, and they're basically wings at crotch level. <laughs> and that's difficult. Anyway. Anyway. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. As always, thank you all for listening. We appreciate your time. All members of the executive branch, whether they jumped ship today or three days after the inauguration, may drown and come. I hope that they drown and come. And I hope that the president and vice president get an extra heaping, cold, dourly flavored segment of cum. (laughs) 